Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very, very well. Saw Infinity War this, this weekend. Still processing it. Not going to get any spoilers out of me, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it lives up to the hype. Yep, and my life will remain buffering until I can see it later this week. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And joining us this week is a returning guest co-host, still a member of Team Flash fan club, I think, but Polly Maker is back. Yes, hi, how are you guys doing? Good, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, What are you watching these days? Um, Not much, actually. uh... I'm barely keeping up with the CW shows, and it looks like all of Twitter went to go see um, Infinity War, but not this girl. This girl's at home. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'll know, see you guys. <laughs> I've actually seen more spoilers about the Arrow season finale than I have about Infinity War, so I'm I'm pretty happy with Twitter right now. That's good. Very happy. Did you, like, mute uh, the hashtag Infinity War or anything, or you just... Or just your, no. your people on your timeline are just being very respectful. It's this beautiful thing called graduate school. Uh, um, it allows me to not constantly check my Twitter feed, and it keeps me preoccupied. There you go. Well, that <laughs> so works, too. The, yeah. <laughs> that's the filter that I put on. Because <laughs> if I mute somebody on Twitter, I'll never unmute them, and I and I think that's really offensive. So I don't tend to do that well. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I just muted. I, I just muted the hashtag. You know, I I just like I had to. I, you know, this is I, there was there was like one person on the who uh, I follow who uh, and there changed their handle to something that I, I was like, for real, really, you're going oh. to be that person, and and I was a little disappointed too in this individual because. I mean, they run a po- they do a podcast too, and and you know, I've seen them rant about spoilers and stuff, and they did it anyway. And I'm just like, well, you know, why? Uh, the only thing I can figure is they're just, you know, they are acting out because of the whole fiasco that happened with the uh, FanCon in, in Baltimore, and uh, they I think they were part of the fiasco, so maybe they're just trying to like thumb over everybody. Who knows? Wow, I feel like you're dropping other information that I had not expected, so I'm not really sure how to react. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to be mean or anything, but, you know, it's just like, again, be respectful of, of other people. Uh, you know, even, even yeah, I, I was very careful, and, and most people I know have been very careful not to post any Infinity War spoilers, so thank you to everyone who... It's been respectful to all your other, your fellow geeks and nerds, because not everybody can make it over the weekend. Like, sir. Yeah, and it's, and it's not even, like, geeks and nerds. It's just there's so few movies that make you want to go to the cinema and really capture movie magic. So why? Why would you ruin that for someone? We all remember the first time we've seen a really great movie in mm-hmm. theater mm-hmm. and what that does to you. So don't ruin the stories. Don't don't spoil it. It's people want to sit in there, get their money's worth, and be told an awesome story and not expect things to happen. So yeah, yeah. All spoiler people go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It is a sit. <laughs> Even though I can drop spoilers about the season six finale of Arrow. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, especially when they come from Steven himself and other people on the show. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Let's kick things off with Supergirl. Wow. This was an interesting episode. I mean, it it there's a point in this episode where everybody starts yelling at each other and you're just kind of sitting there like, what the heck is happening? Because this the episode is told so much from a viewer perspective where we're the the characters don't know more than we do at the time. Well, except for John, but right. we'll get to that. Yeah. So, Polly, what did you think about this week's episode of Supergirl? I actually don't keep up with Supergirl as much as I should, but I really did enjoy this episode, like, fully. And it had, like, the depth and the meaning that mm-hmm. a good show should have. And it did keep you guessing, especially when they all started, you know, just ranting at each other. I was like, what, what, what's going on? But, we you know, I really. Gun. <laughs> I don't know why it's all. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? But, yeah, I mean, it was good and it was solid and it was very well done, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about you? A couple things I, I liked about this show. One, um, I've noticed since they've, well, it's only their second episode back from the hiatus, but just overall, um, what I enjoy about this show um, is just how they start. Our heroes actually have a life outside of their kicking ass every day. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, they have fun. You know, last week it was karaoke. This week it's like game night. It's like, imagine that. These people have lives. Um, so that's just, just a little, just a little aside, but, um, the, the episode itself was, was, I watched it twice and, um, it was, it was very good. I concur with both of you. Well, I really liked, uh, you know, the fights in the DEO where everybody was just, you know, lost their minds and you know, you're right, sir. I really is, was really from the, Viewer perspective, uh, the, the characters didn't know what was going on. Right. Um, but also the, the two tracks of the story that, that was going on. So you, you had, of course, John and his father, um, you know, you know, carrying forward what we saw last week with his, his dementia, um, being, having to support him and, and help him along and, and one of the things that uh, Supergirl is doing, doing well, it reminds me a lot of another show that we, we talk about uh, quite a bit where they take on real life issues in Black Lightning. In this case, instead of some societal issues, you're dealing with aging parents and, yeah. and also, you know, dealing with his father and his, and, and, and his dementia. And so it's, it's, I like, that's what makes it, to me, makes a good show where you can take on these real life issues and then put them in a superhero context and, and to fall out from it. And right. so, you know, that really was on display in this episode this week where John had to not only, uh, you know, he was you know, trying to keep his dad safe, 
and then figuring out that, okay, he was the root cause of all these emotional outbursts that was happening because he's projecting this Martian projection of, of emotion, which was a very, like, reminds me of an old episode of Star Trek where this happened with Sarek, where he was going through dementia and, and for the Vulcans, and his emotions were being cast out to other people. It's um, very much, um, it's like, um, if I could just step in there yeah. and add on to that, it's yeah. very Logan-esque mm. with what, what was going on with Professor X. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I always enjoy those type of episodes, but in this context, it was, again, uh, just dealing with, you know, not just sort of casting aside what they brought up with the, the dementia, but now, you know, interweaving it into the story in a way that, um, you know, makes, you know, carries forward what John is dealing with and trying to help his father. And then, of course, on the other side, you had the B story. I'll let you pick up on, on the, the range storyline because I like to hear your thoughts on that. So, so it's, um, to, to, yeah, I 100% agree with you. The the father-son, the son becoming the father, the father becoming the son, beautiful, mm-hmm. very. And it, and it hit me because I think um, how they made that work paid off. And it didn't come out of nowhere. It didn't feel random. It felt like progression from the previous week. Mm-hmm. And in regards to Lena and Sam, it worked well because Sam this whole time has been constantly losing time. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is keeping Sam alive inside of Rain, or vice versa, however you want to see that, is her relationship with her daughter. And I find that very interesting that the thing that caused Rain to a- appear um, and lash out was Lena taunting Sam about not being a good mother. And right. so you, it's, it's curious to know if, if Rain has developed a maternal bond with her daughter and to a point where, where that's gonna, that's gonna compromise Rain down the line to her overall plan because she, that kind of maternal love is a human feeling mm-hmm. and rain isn't human. She's not supposed to be that she's a weapon. Yeah. And did anybody catch that when there's a moment when Sam, we see her like go to another plane and it's the same plane that Kara is constantly flashing back to earlier on the season with the fields and oh, yeah. how she sees her mother and Monel. It's the same one, only yeah, she's there for a minute and then it turns all black and dark. Pestilence. Yeah. Yeah. So thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's setting up for well. With the next, the, the third world, world killer, which is which is the pestilence. Um, yep. And um, you know we have this lush field and it's very hardy and stuff. And then of course you got this blackness with rain, and uh, and and this third world killer that uh, Monel and, and and the team are are looking out for. So yeah, it's it, it is some foreshadowing to. Uh, what we will probably see uh, here shortly in, in the season, uh, where this where this other individual comes. Really appreciate good foreshadowing. This is good foreshadowing, unlike some other <clears throat> shows. But <laughs> um, this 
this is, you know, I like I said, I haven't really kept up with it, but I followed along great. And this was perfect um, telling of what is coming without actually just blurting it out. And uh, the peace and everything that she felt in the fields and like Kara experienced earlier in the season, it's just, and then it just twists. It's just so well done. And I really appreciated that. Right. Yeah. 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 I I didn't take it as foreshadowing, but now that you guys brought it up, I, I think you're right on with that. I think that is a good clue. Yeah, and also I want to pick up something that you mentioned, Polly, that that I think shows how Supergirl has just grown and really mm-hmm. started hit their stride here in the third season. Because you know, you're basically parachuting in from you know not watching it as much and able to uh, you know pick up uh, on on the story uh, right. of what's going on. So I think they're they are I think it's a testament to their to their writers and production team of uh, being able to, um, you know, to, to, to to tell a story in a in a in a, in a good way that uh, casual viewer can can come back in and not miss a beat. Uh, it's just it's pulling things from the past so that I understand what's going on, you know, from previous episodes. I assume, but I can still follow it and I can fill in the blanks. It's not leaving me hanging up in the air. Really going. What is even happening? And it's giving enough about what's going to happen in the future that, you know, if I reluctantly don't get to watch it again, you know, it's going to keep pulling me back into the story. And that's a really hard thing to do, you know, to it's like a book. If you open up the middle of a book just to see what it's like and you read one chapter, you need to know enough in that chapter to get the past and enough to make you want to watch the next chapter or to read it. You know, it's just a perfect balance and they're doing such a good job with the writing, especially this season from what I have seen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I'm sure now you ship caramel um, because (laughs) that ship (laughs) talk about past. I, I love what they're doing. I'm I'm glad that they've kind of since coming back to the break, they they don't want it they're not using Emra, they're not showing Brainy, um, but they're allowing Monel to just um prove himself to everyone he used to know um as as a jerk, as Kara puts it in this episode. You mm-hmm. were a complete jerk. And to go off of Polly what you're saying about they're they're not Per, they're not including dialogue that kind of is dumbed down or anything. They allow viewers to open interpretation. And I think in that, in that um, big argument with Monel, what Cara really was saying is that you became the man that I wanted you always to be. And I don't get to be with that man. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. you're with this other person and she gets all of the benefits of my hard work. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I get it. And then, you know, they cut, they say cut and Melissa and Chris are together in real life. And I'm sitting here like, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I, I think, again, you're, you're dealing with a relationship 
to carry on with this theme that we've already explored in the other two storylines of lost time mm -hmm. and how people are are making these decisions and saying these things and it's causing conflict because there is there are gaps and there is time not together and that causes strain in any relationship whether it's father son mother daughter or boyfriend and girlfriend it's yeah. um it's important and it it can be taken away in a blink of an eye yeah. and they're really um really did that well throughout all of the storylines in this episode they did they did so so just thinking um, of that episode and also the, the, the context where this where they had their uh, training scene, scenes and stuff so I just just wanted to throw out there what do you, what do you think about the magic cape <laughs> I love the cape yeah. the cape is so freaking cool and I like how how Kara is angry at the cape in a way yeah. <laughs> she can't beat it yep. and, and she it's like um and i like how they explain that no 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 this is kryptonian mm -hmm. microfiber right. this this magic comes from from where you come from yep. so you should be able to do this and i think that's what furates her more yep. than anything yeah like she should be able to do that and right now he's just showing off Totally, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. I mean, to pick up your earlier point, it just I think it helped. I mean, the cape was a good MacGuffin to like basically build, you know, that um, anger and that frustration to that when she did have that explosive moment where she just like you know ripped him a new one, not you know ripped him <laughs> verbally, thankfully. Um, <laughs> it it uh, you know it, it did have more of a punch to it because uh, you know it, it was really building up to that point and also all the you know baggage and things that they dealt with with their uh, pre their, their previous relationship and, and now you know once again you can have you have something that I don't have or or you've changed into something that, that I wanted you to be but right. you can't have it so I mean in, in so many ways it was just it was just a very solid episode mm -hmm. absolutely all right. So, Polly, are you ready for this? We're going to jump over to the flash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I'm just, I'm just in anticipation mode right now for what Will might have mentioned you um, to be doing when we talk flash. So I'm just going to let you start, Polly. Go ahead. <laughs> Me? Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, overall, I'm really mixed about this episode. Um, there's so many inconsistencies and the writing and the plotting and the characters themselves, you know, um, I, it was good. <laughs> and that's sad <laughs> that I have to say it's good because from last week's episode, that was great. I shouldn't have to fall back down to the good category. I can't say I really hated it, hmm. but, um, you know, I explained it to somebody who got really mad at me, but they said that if you make a dozen cookies and you keep them all plain, except for one, which you put frosting and a whole ton of sprinkles on, like enough that you should have been able to decorate the whole dozen. This is what this episode was. They mm. sprinkled so much information that they could have finally 
drawn out a little bit. But instead, they're like, oh, no, here you go. You know, here, here is everything that we want to tell you in one episode that it, it didn't even flow right. And um, it, it was just the there's too many unneeded emotions, you know. Too many um, unneeded characters, um, might I add. Anyways, continue. I'm not even going to go with any unneeded characters. I'm not trying to do that. I am just going to stay with the characters that were there Mm -hmm. and that were actually in the show. Mm -hmm. It wasn't flowing, and it was, I'm sad, and you're sad, and let's be sad. And... (laughs) My daughter doesn't watch any of these shows, but she left me a note on The Flash, and it says, everyone gets sad and someone dies. And (laughs) she hasn't watched any of these, but she has heard me talking to my husband about this, you know, and he even said that the theme song shouldn't have been The Flash, it should have just been Feelings, you know, that that old song that nobody likes. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. It's right. brutal. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's a little. I, I'm sorry. But, no, no. You know, it's just these details should have been sprinkled over time. And it was just. I do don't you, know. Do, yeah. So, do you, Polly, do you think that they might have overdosed on the sprinkles and the frosting in this episode because they had wasted so much time earlier this season? I don't know if it's because they realized that over time this whole season has been regrettably slow and has not lived up to the hype that I was really hoping for. You know, a new one big bad character you know, to go through the whole season. And then just like a comic book, every week we had to deal with these little side people. They could have had so much. They had so much potential. And I don't know what they did with it. It's like they tried to put it into one show. Right, right, right. No. Okay, well, All right. Are, are you still wearing the rose-colored glasses <laughs> that you had on last week? Uh, no. Um, I, will, <laughs> I, I, I will go there as far as, like, uh, one character we could have done done without, which and I know I don't want to see your thunder, Sarah. So I'll I'll let you I'll let you completely finish the uh, <laughs> the thought. But all I'll say is, yeah, Laurel, Lance, Earth X, Laurel Lance, uh, completely underwhelmed. Uh, def- once we were finally getting the fangs back into the bow, we go off onto this other. Uh, character, I don't know, you know, really didn't have, it was just like, all I could figure is the, the, the Berlanti production tree is just like doing all these make nices to Katie Cassidy at this point (laughs) for what happened on Arrow. Uh, Because otherwise. What happened to her? I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but where did she go? Oh, the original world. The original world. No, I mean from Earth X, the one that came on the Flash. She Barry no. punched her to the roof. We don't care where she went after. We don't that. care where she went until we need her again. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm just making sure I'm correct on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like 
really? Okay, I'm not going to waste any more time on this. Other than, yeah, Sarah, I like to put your notes. I mean, you know, we'll show it. We'll see. We'll see this character in Black Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, every every Arrowverse show needs to have Laurel Lance from another Earth show up. And oh yeah, just so happy to mention that she and Oliver Queen are not together yeah. because there has yet to be one of these versions who's actually together with Oliver Queen. It's, yeah. That's what yeah. I find to be the most amusing thing. Yeah, it's like they just love to stick it to yeah, just all to the to the folks. But anywho, I anyway, getting back to the flash. Um what I did like about this episode <laughs> and, but also was frustrating as well was uh ha- having Wentworth Miller back. He's, he's 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 the best. I mean, he was just chewing up the scenery like I mean, like he, yeah. He's like, I'm going out. I'm gonna go out, just chewing up every last piece of dialogue I can I, I can. But if a Captain Cold or Citizen Cold, whichever version of um, Leonard Snart we get, always a joy. Uh, I just love that character, and you know, I just wish there's some way that they could. It would have just been fun just to see him, like, if they did, instead of having this overarching, like, season-long big bad, but if they could, like, go back to season one, but when Snart was still part of the Rogues Gallery, and just do a a Rogue mm-hmm. Rogues Gallery season, or, or mini-arc, um, with 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 him and Weather Wizard and, and, and some of the other um, uh, Rogues, that uh, are you know, tra- other traditional Flash villains. It would have been just so much fun. Uh, so yeah, was, I agree. Yeah, so it was good seeing him back, even though it was Citizen Cole. Um, and even the even the ending where it, I, I where where I didn't like it was at the end where you know, Earth this Earth X uh, snark was giving goodbyes as if he was the Earth One snort. Uh, it just oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just didn't flow. I'm like, no, 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 no. He, he's even though I, I love the moment with with Barry and Cisco. That was just you know, I I did laugh out loud whenever he's like, that was the best. Yeah, best. Like, that was funny. really yeah. That was the best. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> it's so clear. <laughs> <laughs> but but the rest of it just felt kind of odd because again, I you know. I know real world, this is a way of giving Wentworth a nice send off with all these characters. But in story, in universe, it just didn't fit because, again, they just met this guy earlier in the year with the crossover. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's no long established history. So, it was, you know, so that part of it, I, was, I felt that it was a little disingenuous by the, by the team there. But, um, yeah. The, um, the thing that I did, I can't wait, and you know, it's finally happening. We've all projected it throughout the season. Um, or at least Devoe turning on her husband once he, she realizes that, you know, this, you know, I think the 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 the, the, the control drugs that uh, he's been using her on her, um, is it, starting to wear off. I don't know if it's starting to wear off because it's just he's not using it, or the fact that he was just so bleeping condescending to her um, <sighs> with the... I was like, hey, Andrew Christ works back. <laughs> oh, oh my God. No. Hashtag me too, but yes. yeah. Um, Leave the thinking to me, but, I'm like, 
Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you Flash nerds, um, but <laughs> didn't we talk about this earlier this year, about how the thinking cap and that power seems to to damage who's ever using it? Um, I mean, w- in this episode, they talk about Harry and how Harry mm-hmm. um, took it so far that now he's literally losing his intelligence. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll get – I want to talk about that because I have a very interesting point to make about him – but in relationship to what's happening with Mar- Marlies, I think that character change made total sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it because it is um, his power has corrupted him. Yeah. And his mm-hmm. his mission has destroyed his marriage. And he can't they they it, I think, in this episode that he can't control love or emotion. Yeah, he can't and it, that's yeah. the very flaw Mm-hmm. In his entire plan is that he, the person who he's been trying to keep around him the most is his wife and preserve that relationship. But he, he's almost doing it counterintuitively. Yeah. Like he, he's just, it, it's, it's, it's going to bite him in the behind in the end. And I think they're doing this on purpose due to everything that has transpired the last, over the last year or so. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, right. yeah, I, I was. It, I mean, it, it, it narratively it makes sense. I mean, even though it's very cringeworthy and condescending to watch, but it is taking that the old adage as far as power corrupts, um, and really, you know, he really is getting so full of himself and full of, you know, thinking he's you know the, the, that he's so infallible, but. Uh, you know, at the core of this show, and it, it's always has been uh, about love and, you know, as far as family, friends, uh, sometimes it gets muddled. But, I mean, that's the core of who the Flash is and uh, well, Barry Allen. And so, because because Barry Allen has Iris West. Yes. Well, yes. He has Iris West. And, and they together are the Flash, and that's why... The thinker and Marlies are the perfect counterpoint mm-hmm. to that relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, you can continue. I just no, no, that's, no. That's that's exactly what that's exactly where I was going with that. Okay, and, good. And uh, and, and and so even though you know everybody, it, it, you know, we are the Flash has become a punchline a lot, especially on social media. But it but it is true, and so and, and as you rightly pointed out, I mean they pointed they specifically said that he failed to compute love in the equation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's going to be the downfall of the thinker at the, at, at, when we get to the end of the season. Yeah. I guess, Polly, I chose this week to eat my uh, cupcake without the frosting and without the goodies oh. because I didn't mind this episode. I really didn't. Oh, wow. Uh, I, yeah, and I think it's also <laughs> because last week – I remained neutral and skeptical. <laughs> Unlike somebody. <laughs> and I did not drink that Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rightly, yeah. But no, I, I I actually was was fine with it. Anything with Captain Cold and the Laurel Lance and the the bigger plan, I didn't really care for. But I I liked a lot of the character beats. Mm-hmm. I I liked every DeVoe feels I'm so glad that he's in Ralph's body because 
now we get to see the real DeVoe. And the real DeVoe that we met earlier on this year was menacing, and that's becoming more of a threat. And and I like that continuation. Mm -hmm. I I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I also, Harry, um, I, I really think that this season is also has this theme running to it where all of these characters are constantly being um, being confronted by their own morta- morality as a hero because their powers are what what's being taken away from them. And you see both Harry and Caitlin deal with that in this episode, this real right. realization mm-hmm. that they're, they're defining themselves not on who they were before, but who they are now and who they are now with power. And once that power is taken away, they don't know where who they are anymore. And that's that's so sad and also makes you makes you think about like, well, are you putting too much of yourself in the power that you hold? Mm-hmm. Right. And how does how does anyone um, keep themselves themselves balanced when they when they do have that that kind of ability and they have figured it out and i think maybe if we just fully go full circle with this that's why two people are the flash not one because there's always someone to ground barry allen yeah right yeah yeah i think you're right and uh yeah yeah i'm glad that they carried when know last week we were we with we talked a little bit about how they did the they did the red herring fake with uh with Harry and and, and being in the uh with Gideon in, in the chamber uh, thinking it's Thawne but uh, I'm glad they're exploring the the fallout like you said Sarah uh, it makes because for throughout the season Harry you know, he's been you know, he's touched on the frustration of not being as smart as a thinker and feeling like the extra will on the team and not contributing and, and, and yep. being frustrating, frustrated by that. And so he, you know, he made a choice that he made, breaking his promise to Cisco, which again is another trope that we uh, see with this with with this family. Uh, they, they love each other, but sometimes, you know, they don't always make the best decisions. He is now having to deal with that. And, and also, originally trying to deceive everyone by hiding the fact that he was using the dark matter. Now, because he did use the dark matter and has overloaded him, and now he's got to, he's, he was carrying on this whole deception with Cisco now that he is losing his intelligence. And, you know, it, you're right, it is getting to that morality as far as you know, how you define yourself mm-hmm. and and what kind of person you are. And, you know, at its core, well, not, maybe, not, maybe not at the core, but I think one of the things we, we see with any incarnation of Wells is um, they, they have a, a, a funny relationship with the truth. <laughs> yeah. And they also have a um, father-son relationship with Cisco. Yes, they do. They yes. do. Yes. And um, and that father-son relationship, and, and how you know, sometimes children disappoint their parents, and parents disappoint their children. Mm-hmm. And you know, every season we've seen that woven throughout here, Harry. Any 
you know, filling up Wake first name Wells um, with Cisco, and mm-hmm. and so it's um, yeah, it, it's it I, I like it, you know, and I it, whenever I saw the preview for this the Council of Wells coming up, I was a little worried, but now I'm feeling I'm feeling okay with it because uh, I think whatever course corrections they've made in the writers' room throughout the season, I, they've made enough. I think this upcoming episode, whenever the, the they reconvene this this, this body of, of Wells's, they will um, they will uh, it, it won't be the the letdown that it was the first go round right. because we're dealing now we're dealing with a, a Harry who is is losing his intelligence and you know, I don't know if he'll get it back or, or they come up with means of preserving what he has or 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 what but. It, you know, this, this this sense this theme of loss is going to c- continue forward. Polly, I I know you didn't really like this episode, but what is what are your thoughts on um Harry Barry's <laughs> new grief <laughs> <laughs> or his his grief over um what happened with Ralph? <laughs> okay, um this I don't know. It was just. It's kind of hard to explain, but it was almost too much grief. Mm. Um, really, if you, okay, Barry and Ralph knew each other, established for a while. I mean, back in the CCPD, you know, he trained Ralph this whole time, but yet the relationship wasn't this fantastic. You know, he really only liked Ralph for like five minutes. <laughs> an episode and a half. Um, continue. Okay, yeah, about an episode and a half. We'll give you that. So, you know, the deal is Barry had a lot of grief in his life. You know, his mother, his father, other people that were way, way closer to him than Ralph. And, you know, he's sad at the beginning he goes to a therapist, which is, you know, it's fine. It's a good way to deal with your grief. And then he breaks down to Joe, which really technically should have been that breaking point that, okay, I have grieved. I am over this guy that was my friend for an episode and a half. And instead, he goes back to the therapist. Again, we got the message is mm. is the deal. And... Then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is sad and we're sad and we're going to keep talking about this. I'm like, maybe he's not completely sad only about Ralph. Maybe he really never grieved the multiple times he saw his mother get killed or, you know, when his father died. He had to be strong. He had to be the hero, although he has these people around him that would be more than supportive. He took it all on himself that this is my fault. And just like last season with Iris, you know, I'm not fast enough. This is my fault. When really it wasn't. So, you know, it's just, it's one of these things where the episode was a little overdone with it. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of get what they were pointing at. I just kind of think it should have stopped after he tried to Joe, basically. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, they they teased it as a mystery. Um, it was it was well, why is 
why is Barry so upset? He only knew this guy for like a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, but all joking aside, I, 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 that actually kept me like really thinking about it because last week when Will and I were talking about the episode, um, Mm -hmm. Will totally fanboyed about, um, Ralph and I was like, uh, uh-uh, that relationship was, has been very shallow. <laughs> yeah. And so this week I was kind of like, no, no, is Will going to be right or am I right? <laughs> and, and so I, somewhere I in the middle. Actually, yeah, somewhere in the middle because I felt like this episode just proves to me how Ralph should have been Cisco. Cisco should have been Ralph. If they had done this storyline mm-hmm. with Cisco, it would have worked because it would have been much better. It had that brotherly love that they have for each other. I mean, these guys are closer than brothers, and Ralph is just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I took a job. Yeah. You know? it, would have, it would have had stakes. It <laughs> yeah. would have been, and and I understand what they were going for. It is a different type of grief because. It's not that he felt responsible for causing it. He felt responsible for this person who's been welcomed into this team, mm-hmm. into this family, who told him right before it happened that he would die for these people. And so mm-hmm. there was a commitment. So that is a different la- layer of grief and, and mourning and loss. Right. It's just... You can't build that in a few episodes because, yes, Ralph has been becoming a hero for a majority of the season. Yeah. Mary Allen's been behind bars for a majority of the season, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So been, it, yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. But I think Polly made a good point with which, what you said. He, he, maybe this, this was finally. A, a breaking point for him because of like the, the, his, the mother and because of his father, because in both with his mother's death, he could have fixed it. But, you know, because of that, we had the TV version of Flashpoint where everything right. was, was great and hunky dory. But whenever he realized what he did, he was, you know, called Cisco's brother's death and those kind of things. And, and his father's death at the hands of Zoom. And, you know, even though he, he went off into the Speed Force at the end of Season 3, presumably to deal with these things, um, I don't know if he, you know, maybe maybe you're right. I mean, this, this finally was the moment. You know, maybe Ralph was the, the break, the point where he realized that he, he does, he, he did need to, to grieve because he had this very brave face like in therapy, like, I've dealt with my grief, blah, blah, blah. But, but at the end well, of the episode, he, he clearly has Feeling and assessing it are two different things, you yeah. know. And, like, Harry has always been saying, I'm not smart enough this whole season. I'm not quite sure where it came from because he wasn't like that last season. But, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm not smart enough. I haven't done this. I can't do this. And I think this was Barry's point to go, I'm not strong enough to keep all this hurt inside it might not have just been Ralph it might have been all the people that he actually has lost thinking that he could save because he is who he is and you know it's just it's almost like they're feeding on that from a lot of different characters perspectives Mm -hmm. and you know like Sarah and you both said you know they're depending on their powers too much 
And, you know, once you take away the powers, they're still superheroes, you know? Um, it, it's just they're almost like they were trying so hard to be these heroes with all these powers. And once they're taken away, they're suddenly lost on who they are. And that's not, you know, your power doesn't define you. Mm-hmm. You should define your power. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's what I'm hoping that's what they're trying to pull into this. You know, I might have been hard on the episode, but this is why I liked it, because I was hoping that these little moral lessons of everyday life were getting somehow strung in between, you know, what other people might actually be seeing. Right. Yeah. Right. The only thing that I'll have to add on about Barry's grief is do not forget what he did with his big investigation over his mother's death um, board in his office. He replaced all of it yeah. earlier this season. He did. And yeah. it, they made that very, like, stand out to to kind of make you think, like, he had dealt with all of his grief, and maybe it is resurfacing. I don't necessarily agree that that was the point at the end of this episode, um, because right. they really... They they really were getting at more of Ralph. I yeah. don't know why. Um, yeah. It just seemed like a wasted opportunity because that's really what viewers want. We want to return back to that boy who lost his parents, or right. and and the the struggle and the more moral issues that we saw in the first season. Um, but they're they're moving forward with the current uh, version of Barry Allen that we have, which makes me think. Is are they going to do something at the end of this year to where we get that big return for season five to where um, they change something and and kind of make Barry back to who he was in a way? I don't know. No time travel. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I I mean. This show has dealt, does a lot with powers, but let's talk about a show that there's not really powers so much as just a lot of fighting and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of punches. A lot of punches. A lot of punches, yeah. A lot of punches, yeah. and they're not holding back, and it's another Laurel episode. <laughs> uh, well, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. This episode of Arrow, Shifting Allegiances, I actually did not mind the Lance storyline uh, for a change. I thought it was well done and mm-hmm. it surprised me with how it connected back to Lance and dark in season four, because I had forgotten about that yeah. and it made sense. Like when he references that, I'm like, I understand this. And that is a perfect use of a history in a show and a, with a character to explain their their actions in the present. And I thought that was really well done. The one thing I don't like and that they really need to to um, continue pushing is this fear that Laurel has um, for Diaz, because I don't understand it. She we've seen what this this person can do. How can she be afraid of Diaz? Diaz, Diaz doesn't have power he has man power but he doesn't have physical power so yeah, but diaz has a, we 
you know, everyone notes how uh, Black Siren has murdered people and this, you know, has a vicious streak or whatever. This cat with Diaz, he, I mean, he like brought up a, a grudge from the juvenile, orphanage. yeah, the orphanage, where he like hunted a guy down like you know thirty years later or whatever, and like burns the dude up. <laughs> that's yeah. what, that's what's 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 so scary about him. And he and the fact that he has no scruples. I mean, he just to go ahead and jump into the fight between him and Oliver. Um, and Oliver is an honorable man. Diaz clearly is not. I mean, he mm-hmm. he just he will do whatever it takes to win and not have a second thought about it. And when you're dealing with a villain like that, where you know, I think with other villains, there's still some kind, of, you know, some sense redemption, of redemption, honor code between. You know, he may not, the villain may not, um, I mean, even, even with Prometheus, there was still some level of, he's going to torment Oliver, but there was still like a level (laughs) of, like, there was a line, yeah, (laughs) there was still a line that he wasn't going, that he, he fought, quote unquote, fair with Oliver, whereas Diaz is like, F it, I'm just going to like, Yes, you know, you got me in this lock. I'm, I'm not going to yield. I'm going to get out of the blade and, like, stab you to win this. And I don't, I don't know, Will. There there was that episode that's very similar to this one from Season 5 yeah. where Prometheus has captured Oliver and basically done a lot of the torturing. The only difference is Anatoly doesn't convince Prometheus to have a fair, fair fight, quote-unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that occurs in this episode. So I, I see what you're trying to get at. Um, I don't necessarily, I think D- Diaz and Prometheus, Prometheus are on the same level of vindictiveness. Yeah, but I think, I think Diaz is, is at a next level because he, I mean, because it just seems to me that, you know, at least with, with, with Prometheus, there was, there was a clear, vendetta against Oliver whereas here with with Diaz Oliver is just he's just basically the person in the way of him getting into the quadrant and it's just you know there's there's no sense of a personal history between those two that would call you know that 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 drives to to be that that motivation point to that's fair to, to, to torment, whereas with Prometheus, mm-hmm. there was. Right. Right. No, that's a, that's a good point and a good comparison that, that I understand because with Diaz, you're not going to have this, um, this personal motivation interfere with the overall plan, which for Diaz is to take over Star, Star City mm-hmm. and to get power and to, to really show no weakness, like he he's obsessed with strength mm-hmm. and um, some control, and and you're really starting to see that. Um, Polly, what did you think about this episode of Arrow? This episode was I really I really liked it. Um, the deal with like what Will and you were saying is that the difference between Diaz and Prometheus, in my opinion, was Prometheus was trying to show that Oliver was the arrow and he was the monster and he was 
more of a monster than man because he wanted to kill. He liked to kill. And Diaz here, he's trying to show that I'm more of a monster than you are, you know? He mm-hmm. has no problems with cheating. He has mm-hmm. no... He, uh, you know, if it was Antoli, Antoli would die um, rather than lose a fight by cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's just—it's showing. You know, I have honor. You know, even in death, I have honor, and which is a lot of what Arrow is. You know, based on is you know fair fighting and you know being a hero by having honor. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. So this is what I saw from the difference between Diaz and Prometheus was, you know. Yeah, it makes me, it, um, it made me think about how, how, wh- what you were just saying about how Prometheus' point was to make Oliver realize that he is a monster on the inside and really bring out that arrow persona. And there was a lot of parallels between season one and season five. Mm -hmm. Right. Diaz though is going about it to tear down Oliver queen, not Mm -hmm. necessarily the arrow. I mean, the vigilante stuff all played out earlier on the season before Diaz was even really a big character. But Diaz's main mission is to tear down Oliver Queen because he views Oliver Queen as a bigger threat than Arrow himself. Yes. Yeah. Again, with the power, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, uh, I think we talked about this last week. Also, there's a sense of jealousy there because Oliver was born into this world with a golden spoon in his mouth. And Mm -hmm. Diaz had to work his way to for anything he got. And I I think there there's a lot of pent up aggression towards who the Queen family are in Starling City, um, for for a person like Diaz and where he comes from. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh what else happened in this oh just you know Diggle, yeah. Diggle. I mean (laughs) Argus. So the I love what they're doing with with, with John. Uh, new team arrow, honestly, the, the, the you know wild dog coming back and stuff. I was like, okay, he's back. But uh, Diggle with Argus to me is like a, is a great uh, ex- extension of his character to help him get out under under the shadow of the original team. Uh, because even whenever early in the season he was playing when he was, he took on the mantle of Green Arrow, he was still an Oliver Shadow. Now he's he's on his own and, and sort of this wild card where he gets he is free to, to work with both teams. New Team Arrow, uh, Oliver and even Oliver has, you know, stripped down to like getting back to basics. Um he you know he's obviously Diggle's gonna or Argus is gonna you know, provide the assist uh with um with taking down Diaz, so uh, clearly this this evolution is going to not uh, you know, will will continue throughout the rest of the season and maybe into next. But I but I like what I like I like what they're doing with with John as he uh, uh, becomes the you know, point person in the field for Argus. Yeah, um, 
when we were talking about Flash, um, it was made very clear that part of the issues with that episode was that the storylines weren't meshing well with one another. And I think with Arrow, the the new Team Arrow stuff, because they're going after Diaz um, their own way, they reminded me so much of classic OTA. <laughs> just just how how they were all together. Like it reminded me of that episode in season one where they have to in, infiltrate uh Queen Qu- um Queen um Queen Consolidated. Yeah. And and you just like Felicity comes in as a um, big belly burger delivery person and there's all this espionage and they didn't go that far with this, but it very much reminded me of that whole plan thinking. And I don't find them distracting. Like they're, they're just, they are go, they have the same mission as all of the other characters. They are motivated by things that have affected all of the central characters and so everything that they're doing makes sense it's not my favorite part of the episode no but i'm also not distracted by it yeah yeah i mean i think they did a good job of managing again because we're again we're getting uh, a very full slate of uh people on screen for an hour but uh mm-hmm. it, it yeah it, i mean it, it wasn't distracting um but at the same time it, it um you know i I guess I really didn't. I didn't miss all the that much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. So, do we want to talk about the spoilers of season six? Do we? So, do you guys want to talk about the season six spoil or season six finale spoilers? Um, I've had, I have to be completely fair. I've seen only still photos. I haven't seen any like footage. Tech footage. Yeah. Yes. Me too. I haven't seen anything, so you go ahead. <laughs> okay. The basically, um, listeners, if you don't want to to know anything about it, um, please stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's here's what is being observed because Will's right. We haven't seen any footage, and we're not really sure of the context. But there has been images posted that clearly shows Oliver heading off to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying goodbye to Felicity and William. Yeah, now, I've... Stephen Amell has also posted a image of himself in the Arrow suit, and he says it's the last scene. So I think it's going to be some kind of montage where then they go to him and him, like, in the full regular clothes and getting carted away as well. But it does seem like that big twist that Guggenheim... Um, said was coming is that we might begin season seven with Oliver Queen in jail. Yeah, twenty five to life. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there was some other. Clearly, there's going to be something. Some of the still photos I've seen um, were from Bam Bam. As far mm-hmm. as uh, there was a post of the uh, metro station. Uh, clearly, there's going to be some big showdown on the bridge at night, and. Um, and, and of course, Stephen Amell is just his, his Twitter postings as far as referencing uh, various scenes, like the like one I saw this evening, uh, him, him in the Green Arrow suit, uh, stating this was his favorite shot of, of, of the season finale. So, uh, 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It'll be it's interesting to see these behind the scenes shots and within these shows. I know VR shoots is really good about posting stuff on on the Flash and uh, teasing some of the uh, shots from the show. So yeah, I, I I'm afraid to speculate at this point just based off of the. Um, where we are, um, because of the next week, we are going to see Oliver on trial. It looks like Colin Donnell's coming back to, uh, freaking and, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's back and, or a version of Tommy is back given that we all, we you have know who I think it is. Who? I think it's, um, you think the, it's, it's that character that they, um, sh- they showed in season five, um, moving target or something. He he's the guy who pretended to be Oliver Queen and then got shot. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that now. That's right. I think that's that's who Tommy's going to end up being. Okay. And Felicity concocted some kind of secret plan, and she better have told Oliver about it, or he's going to really, really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the goodbye that we see. <laughs> Because that's the only like I was I was looking and I'm like while watching the flash I'm like did any other strange Earth X person oh wait no he died, he died. during that crossover that Tommy died yeah yeah <laughs> Tommy and Earth Ten died Earth X died yeah oh man yeah so it, I like I said I'm afraid I, I've seen it I don't want to I mean I know we like this theory spiral here but I, I need I need a little bit more before I can I can concoct a good theory. Well, all right. Sorry, Sarah. Okay. But listeners, (laughs) if you you did stick with us, give us your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Well, Polly, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Why don't you tell listeners where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at um, P underscore Macher, M-A-C-H-O-R. Other than that, not too many places right now. (laughs) (laughs) You can also find on the don't forget your own flash chat too. I am. I am on flash chat as well. It's just hashtag flash chat every Tuesday at one. Very modest, very humble. <laughs> Will, where, where can they find you? You can find me at Will M. Polk, W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S J B L M O N T. Find us, follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd, friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can find us on the iHeart Radio app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Good night.